Welcome back to The Compass, the podcast ministry of Calvary Baptist Church of Fayetteville, Arkansas. I'm Dan Carson, pastor of Family Ministries here at Calvary, and we're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we take our time through God's Word. Now, on today's podcast, I have the privilege of sharing from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 to 33, as we look at this idea of bringing all glory to God our King. Well, if you're looking for a church home in this new year, let me invite you to join us at Calvary. We're located at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. You can find out more information at calvaryfayetteville.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. If you have any questions at all, send them to info at calvaryfedville.com or call us at 479-442-4634. Again, I have the privilege of sharing a message about giving God the glory. Let's listen together. Let me invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 through 33. That's where we're going to begin this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 31 through 33. It's always a special treat for me to be able to share from the platform. I know that there is always a running joke among student pastors. Last weekend, which would have been the last weekend of the month on a fifth Sunday, that's usually youth pastor preaching Sunday. I mean, the, the posts go up in all the Facebook groups that I follow. Um, it's, a, it's a big joke amongst um, my colleagues. That's what we'll call them. <laughs> Um, but it is always a treat for me able to be able to share just a little bit from God's Word and to talk about some things that are important for us to look at. This is the first Sunday of the year. It's an exciting time. It's a time of renewal. It's a time of focus. It's a time of evaluation. I'm thrilled that you're here. Now you only have 50 more, 51 more Sundays to come to, and then you'll have come to every single Sunday in 2024. So make that your plan. I know that it's such an encouragement to Pastor Kirk and myself to see you here each Sunday. And as we look around, when we someone, see someone that's not here, we miss them, not just because their space is empty, but because we're here for one another, to encourage, to love, to show all of those things toward one another. And so uh, make your plans now. Try to be back. When you take a trip, try to be back for Sunday and worship together. It's not always possible. There'll be times when I'll be out and Pastor Kirk will be out. Uh, but take those moments. Make church a priority. That's what we want to do. Well, today we're going to be looking at this idea of all glory to his name. That's what it's about. 1 Corinthians 10 Verses 31 through 33, let me read from there. The Bible simply says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Well, in the 1980s and 90s, the church growth movement placed a large emphasis on three words. And I want us to look at those this morning. Purpose, mission, and vision. 
They're words taken from the business world, but important words nonetheless. For decades, churches had been coasting and many times just, just existing. When Rick Warren at Saddleback Church in California came along and wrote The Purpose Driven Church, those in ministry circles thought that he was simply a genius. Now, we've seen some problems over the years about uh, that approach, and it becomes just about attracting people. But it helped us focus our minds and attention on a number of things. You know, I was one of those people that looked at it and thought, this is the way church needs to be done. Discussions of purpose, mission, and vision have always resonated with me. So one of the, the greatest things about my relationship with God is that it gives me purpose in this life. I love that. When people say, why do you follow God? I say, because I have purpose with him. So many people seem to be just aimlessly walking through life. But with God, we have purpose. And so when someone came along and said, well, we need to understand the purpose of the church and the mission of the church and the vision of the church, that just really hit with me. When I'm hit with the craziness of life, it's easy for me to sometimes think this life is pointless. However, with God, it can all make sense. When I realize life isn't about me or my happiness, I can celebrate a God who allows me to be part of it. The purpose of life is much bigger than Dan Carson. So let's back up and talk about those three words. Let's look at them very briefly. First of all, we have purpose, mission, and vision. What do they mean? Are they interchangeable? And the simple truth is no. Um, I don't think they're interchangeable. If you hear me talk about them in conversation or from this pulpit or in a classroom or in a group, uh, we need to have the same understanding. And especially as we deal with this word purpose. It is why we exist as people or as a church. And it's the same for all people. We're going to look at what that is in, in just a moment. But our purpose should be the same. The mission is the church's overall task. And that should be the same, whether it is Calvary Baptist Church here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, whether it is our sister church, Temple Baptist Church in Rogers, Arkansas, or whether it is any of our mission churches around the world, it should be the same. Now, our vision, that's always where it's a little bit different. It's how we are to carry out our task. It's focused in on our church. So what does it look like for us here at Calvary? What are those things that we need to consider? Well, what is the purpose for all people, all places, all around the world, every church? It is this, to bring glory to his name. That's the main purpose. That's why we live in this world. That's why we exist. As many of you know, I, I taught Taekwondo for several years. Um, I had a chance to be a judge, and my Taekwondo instructor would like to throw oddball questions out at as students. And one of the little guys, I don't know, he was probably 10 at the time, he said, what is the purpose of life? <laughs> and expecting him to go, uh, I don't know, he gave an answer. He said, it's to glorify God. And I went, that kid has got it down. He knows what he's talking about. You see, our purpose in life is simple. It's not to get the biggest house, the best job, the most perfect spouse. 
It is to bring glory to his name. The second thing that we're looking at here is mission. What is our mission here at Calvary Baptist Church? Well, if you walk out the center doors and you look on the right, you're going to see two things that we highlight. And hopefully you could repeat them back to me and tell me what type of church we are. I'm not going to ask you because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But we are to be a great commandment church. That means we're to love God and to love people. And that we are to be a great commission church, meaning that we are to make disciples. Now that mission should be, again, the same for all churches. So whether it is here at, at Calvary in Fayetteville, or whether it's Prairie Oaks out in Prairie Grove with my friend Brad Harris, who's a pastor, that should be the same mission. He has that same purpose, to love God, to love people, and to make disciples. Now, that's going to look different in his community than it is here in Fayetteville. It's going to look different for somebody who is in Chicago. This, this week I had a chance to interview someone who is in the Chicagoland area for the Student Ministry Matters podcast and just talked with him for a few minutes. And I know that his ministry field is different than our ministry field. I have another friend in Kansas City, the same sort of thing. When I interviewed him, I knew that his situation was different than our situation. So that's what vision is about, how God is going to use Calvary specifically to reach our friends, to reach our neighborhood, to reach our people, our world that we influence. Those three words are important as we look towards our future and trying to figure out what we need to be about and who we need to be. So what is our purpose? Well, it's to bring glory to his name. That's the same for any church, any person, wherever you're at, our responsibility in life is to bring glory to God's name. Our mission as a church is to be a great commandment and a great commission church. And our vision, that's how God is going to specifically use us. We are doing different things. We have faithful men and faithful women as a way for us to grow our people. We have life groups. That's a part of our, our vision for how we're reaching um, our body. We have partnered with Potter's House to meet in our facility with their wet cement program, and we've partnered with uh, War Eagle, their ozone program, Camp War Eagle. Uh, they meet in our, our, our property. Those are just a few of the ways that our, we're living out our vision here in this place at this time. Now, when we break down those words, it's important to note that we are all responsible for individually and corporately. You say, I can't bring glory to God. I can't bring glory to God with your life. I can't make that happen. I can't push a button. Even with my spouse, I can't tell Temple, you know, I'm going to bring glory to God through your life. That's something that she has to do and she has to work on, or my kids. I feel like they're doing that, and I'm excited about what God is pointing them in and the direction in their lives. As one of your pastors, my job is to point you in that direction, but I can't make it happen for you. That's up to you. It comes in your choices and in your decisions, and it comes from a question, am I going to bring glory to God with my life? We've read one of the passages, and we're going to 
Um, look at our other passage in, at the end of the message. But 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. So whatever that thing is that you do with your life, if you're teaching, if you are working in a gas station, if you are, um, you know, I think about my dad. He owned a, a radiator shop, and that's not a glamorous lifestyle. It hardly exists anymore. At the time, they would repair truck radiators and car radiators. It was dirty, nasty work. And I had the privilege of working there several summers, so I understood what that dirty, nasty... Uh, but he could bring glory to God in that place. And whether you are the list goes on, doing laundry, whether you are picking up after your kids, whether you're mowing your lawn, whether you're doing schoolwork, God calls us to bring glory to his name. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, this time of year lends itself towards evaluation. People make resolutions, you know, those commitments towards change and other adaptations in their lives to bring themselves to a better place. Seven or eight days ago, you may have made some resolutions. I remember one of my former students. She told me, I made a resolution to stay away from me. But after three or four hours, I knew I couldn't do it, so I ate a hamburger. It was the strangest conversation that I had had, but it was not a surprise. Students, you know, they're students. And you may have already slipped on your resolutions. You may have wanted to read your Bible every day, and guess what? You missed a day. But it's not the end. It's not the stopping point. You know, one of the biggest problems and biggest issues that resolutions have is that they're often very me-focused. I resolve to lose weight, to eat healthier, to exercise more, to learn a new language, to read my Bible more, or even be kinder to my spouse. And all of these things are good, but we must ask ourselves the question of why. Why am I doing these things? Is there some larger purpose? So let's just flip the script and ask, how am I bringing glory to God? And how can I bring glory to his name? So last week, we received in our worship guide a little G6 evaluation sheet. There are a few of them left as you leave today on the, the Welcome Center, but if you received an email, you can find this there. On the back, there are some Bible reading plans, some things like that. But Pastor Kirk gave us six questions, six areas for us to evaluate where we're at in our life. And we're not going to go through these in that I'm going to ask everybody, all right, did you get a one or a five on each one so I could see where you're at in your spiritual life? That's not what I want to do today. But I do want us to spend time thinking about these things because at the end of the day, these things bring glory to God in our lives. In fact, the G6 self-evaluation, it's called that because all six begin with the letter G. It's a Pastor Kirk thing. He likes to alliterate. We all know that. But I'm going to make it the G7, and so shh, we won't tell him. Maybe he's not watching. Uh, but we're going to spend time on the last one that we'll add to that in just a moment. But I think it's important, and I'll have each one of these questions up on the screen so that you can ask yourself and answer these as we go through them. 
Why? Because this is a wonderful time of year for us to evaluate, to see where we're at, see what we need to do so that we can bring glory to God in every aspect of our life. Whether we eat or drink, whether we mow the lawn, whether we're doing the laundry, whether we are taking care of the kids, whether we're going to the grocery store, all of those things, we need to bring glory to God. You often think, all right, how can I bring glory to God while I'm shopping for my groceries? You have to drive there, it's horrible traffic, it's cold, and it's, you just, you hate spending money. How do we bring glory to God in those situations? That's part of the challenge of life, is knowing that everything that we do is about bringing glory to Him. So let's look at this first area. The first thing that on His self-evaluation that we want to ask is this question. It's about grace. Are you sure of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, again, if you're wanting to jot these down on your notes, one is, I have no confidence at all. Five is absolutely certain. So that's how they go. One is the low number, and five is, I got it. I know what's going on in my life and in my relationship and as we step through these. So are you sure of that? Do you know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Was there some point in your life where you heard God calling to you and saying, hey, follow me, and you said, yes, Lord? Because there are many of us that have been involved in churches over the years. I've talked with students on more than one occasion where they accepted Christ or thought they did when they were just a little guy, maybe six or seven, and then all of a sudden turn around and they're in their teenage years and say, I don't know that I did that. I know I walked an aisle, I know I got baptized, but I didn't stop and say, God, you're the one. John 3, 16 through 18, the Bible says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Why is this important for us to evaluate? Why is this important for us to look at? While many might say that picking a career or mate is the most important thing in life, we know that the most important thing in life is our relationship with God because without it, as Scripture says right here, we stand condemned already. So that means when this life ends, whether it happens 20 years from now or tomorrow, that we know if we have a relationship with Jesus, we have an eternity with him. Life is too short for us to not get this right. So where do you stand in that, that phrase? We all know uh, what the Bible says about our, our sinful state. As we look at Romans 3.10, 3.23, we all fall short of God's glory. And Romans 6.23 tells us, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we have hope there, but we must accept that gift. Number two, as we look through this evaluation, is are you in a Bible study or growing and growing in the Word daily? 
Now, this can be personally. It's important for us to read the Bible daily. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned earlier was, did you have a resolution to read the Bible daily and to work your way through Scripture? Pastor Kurt pointed us to several uh, plans. It's on the sheet. It's also in the email that I send out um, it, for this week as well. So you can click on this link and be able to find out more information about a Bible study plan that you can read in. Uh, but 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 tells us why it's important. For all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. God's Word is here for us so that we can serve Him better, so that we can bring glory to His name, so that we can let others know what the purpose of life is all about. But we've got to grow. Now, we have those opportunities here at Calvary. You have the opportunity to, to go to a Sunday school class. We're going through the Gospel Project, and we're working our way through Scripture. Over the course of three years, you go from Genesis to Revelation. You learn about God's Word. But there are other opportunities here. Our faithful men and faithful women groups. We also have um, Wednesday night Bible studies. We have other opportunities for you to learn the word, and it's important. And if you need encouragement and direction in that area, reach out to one of us. We want to help you as you grow in it. Now, I think about the centuries that have passed, and there was a period of time when only those that were of the, the religious world, the, the priests, the monks, those type of men had access to the word. But now, and we thank God for that. Every one of us have access. If you have a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion app and be able to, to read God's Word in multiple different translations at any time. Many of us have a Bible that is in our car. We may have one that's in our house. We may have one that's at work. I know in my office, I don't know how many Bibles I have. And you say, well, you're a preacher. That's understandable. But understand that we all have access to the Word now. And if you don't have a Bible, our statement always is, there's one in the pew rack, take that with you. Because God's Word is important, and we need to grow and understand that. So, where do you fall in that Bible study question, that area of growth? I do not attend Bible study, number one, or number five, I, there's consistent discipline in that area. We need to take time with that because we need to honor and glorify God. Number three is our groups question. Are you experiencing the one another's in a life group? Our groups are our core here at Calvary. As I look to the people in my group, I'm trying to figure out how do I help take care of them? Our other life group leaders are asking the same question. On the back of our worship guide today, you have a list of, of who those leaders are. And if you want to know how you can get connected with one, we want to get you connected. Why? John 13, verses 34 through 35, talks about this one another issue. So very important. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The one another's and this idea of living life together that we've said before isn't just 
because we need to do it. It's how the world sees Jesus in us. They see us caring for one another. If you've been to a funeral that is a funeral for someone who is not a believer, it's a totally different environment. If they didn't have a church home, a church people, a, a people of faith that they're connected with, it's hard. It's hard to be there and to see that. When we live our life together, when we love on one another, encourage one another, sing to one another, greet one another, when we do those things, God is glorified and the world sees that we are Christ followers. It also gives us the opportunity to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So we must grow in that area. So for groups, not in a group, or number five, I'm very involved in a group. Now, the question with number four is, are you a consistent giver of your tithes and offerings? That's always an uncomfortable question to ask from the pulpit in a lot of ways. Um, because there's been the stigma attached to it for too long. But all I'm asking today is, are you a good steward of what God has provided in your life? That's it. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. In Malachi 3, 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Why is it important for us to be givers in the church? Because it indicates who our great provider is. When we latch on to everything that we have, we somehow think we're the ones who've done all of that. But as believers, we know the truth. God is the one who has provided in great ways in our life. When we're at a place of need, he is shown up. When we are, uh, have a church member who's in need, God shows up. When there's a ministry in need, he shows up. He is the great provider. And ultimately, when we give just a portion of that back to him, it indicates that it all belongs to him. So how are you in your giving? As we go through this G6 self-evaluation, are you consistent in giving? Not to necessarily even to the church, but giving back to our great God and King. Number five, are you using your talents and gifts in ministry? Now, this is always an important question for me to ask, mainly because I'm very involved in recruiting volunteers for different ministries here at the church. I need you to be willing to use your gifts and your talents to serve God. And you may think, well, I don't have any gifts or talents. Guess what? If you're a part of the body, God has given you a spiritual gift. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why is it important that we do this? That we use those talents and gifts that God has given us? Because he has brought you here for a purpose, and that purpose isn't to just sit on a pew. Our purpose is to encourage one another, to love one another, to sing to one another. And the list goes on of ways that we're to do that 
and express Christ's love. What's been exciting to me over my years here, I've been here seven years now, is to watch some different people take leadership and to start teaching and to start sharing and to see them grow in those areas. It's an incredible thing. But we still need more. We still need for all of us. You may have a hidden talent, <laughs> something you haven't quite shared with us, and I don't want to get roped into anything. But understand, God has put you here for a purpose. And we want to glorify him through our talents and through our gifts. Number six, are you on mission to make an impact for Christ in the world? Now, at the bottom of Pastor Kirk's evaluation form, he says, number one, being not sure of my place in the world. Number five, I get it. I'm making a difference. How are you handling that? What are you doing? What has God called you to do? And have you said yes to him? Too often we, we may hear him calling and we may set it aside and think, I am not going to do that. I can't do that. I'm afraid to do that. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we know it as a great commission church. The Bible says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Now, being on mission doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be in full-time vocational ministry like myself or like Pastor Kirk. What it means is that you're going to be on mission when you go into the office, when you see your friends there, when you talk with them, you're going to look for opportunities to share Jesus Christ with them that you're going to be on mission as you serve the people around you, that you love on them, your neighbors, and in your neighborhood. God calls us to be on mission and to say yes to him today so that tomorrow it's not a question, that we say yes to whatever he's called us to. Number seven, what I've added to Pastor Kirk's evaluation is glory. Are you bringing glory to his name? It's a great way for us to wrap up all of these together. Matthew 5, 16, the Bible says this, And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is heaven. <coughs> who is in heaven. God has called us all to bring glory to his name in every aspect of life. That's why we are here. I know that that gets a bit confusing, especially as you go through school, if you're in public school, if you go through uh, state college, it just existing as an adult in the, the work world. Why are you here? Well, the, a lot of folks will say it's to make a bunch of money, to be able to get the, the nicer house, the boat, the vacation home, the vacations. But God has called us to bring glory to his name with everything that we are and everything that we do. On the evaluation that Pastor Kirk provided, there is that scale of one to five that you could be marking, that you may have written down, one being a definite growth area, five being uh, that you're knocking it out of the park. Now, let me tell you, if your score is below 15 on all seven of these questions, then there's definitely some work that needs to be done. 
If you scored a solid 35, though, there's still work that needs to be done. We haven't arrived because we haven't made it to heaven yet. The race isn't over. God has called us to serve him, to follow him, to do those things, and ultimately to bring glory to his name. So where are you at today? You know, we, we all want our lives and the life of our church to be that where God is glorified. But for that to happen, we have to make it a priority. And there are times when we have to say, I can't do this, I won't do this, because that doesn't bring glory to his name. I will tell you, over the years, I've caught myself either involved in things or watching things and thinking after the fact, that just wasn't very glorifying to God. And it's easy to do because we live in a world and we fall into that comparison game and realize, oh, well, that's not that bad or that's not a horrible thing to be involved with. But God's Word tells us this. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So is that going to be our priority for the rest of 2024? Is that going to be your priority as you head back to school or head back? I know that our colleges will be kicking back off. I think about Central Baptist College. I know Georgia's headed back to Washita in just a little bit. You know, we have all of these schools and all of these young people that will be here on, in our area. We have to encourage them with the Word to let them know and help them see the life is not about me. It's not about them. It's about God. He is the one who deserves glory. All glory to his name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for your word. I just ask that in the, the days ahead that we will honor you in all that we do. Father, I ask that you forgive us the many times and many ways that we fail you. And I just ask that you help us as a church to reach out and to love on those around us. God, we want to do all of these things. We want to glorify you and bring glory to your name. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Our heart's desire is that you grow and understand the direction God has for you in your life. We hope that by listening today, you are one step closer to discovering that for yourself. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and are looking for a church to call your own, we invite you to reach out to us at Calvary as we study and serve together. We meet for worship at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1410 North Porter Road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you wish to find out more information about Calvary Church or simply contact us, you can do that through our Facebook page or at calvaryfayetteville.com. Until next time, remember that God, His Word, and His people can provide direction for life.